Welcome to Igniting You, the podcast that takes you through our journey of love, faith, heartbreak, and hope. I'm your host, Adrian, and with my wife, Chris. Hello. And for this episode, we'll um, unpack something that is really special uh, for us. We're going to talk to you guys about how we stayed together through financial losses, through homelessness, and sickness. Honestly, when so many other people um, would give up in that situation. We want to share with you really what it means to have faith, hope, and love as guiding principles and how these three words, inspired by 1 Corinthians 3.13, like everybody knows, really solidified our bond. So, as we usually do on this show, time to take you guys to church. Hey, what's our scripture for today? Our scripture is going to come from Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, and it reads, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. Amen, amen. So let's let's uh, let's dive into marriage. Let's talk about marriage. And honestly, I mean, you can when you talk about marriage, you also have, kind of have to talk about divorce too, for that matter. Now, everyone has heard the statistics when it comes to divorce, right? Almost fifty percent of people, fifty percent of marriages end in divorce, um, and honestly, about forty-one percent for first-time marriages. Now, you know, we've been married for almost fifteen years, going on fifteen years, and. It has not been easy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and a big part of that, honestly, was how we even started from the first place. You know, I mean, you talk about how how going through financial loss and all these different things at the, at the beginning of our marriage really, really kind of tested it. And so, um, you know, we just kind of want to dive into that and really kind of also t- dive into some myths that, I feel like we're out there, especially when it comes to Christian marriages versus secular marriages. Um, it's kind of going through that as well. Um, one thing I did want to share that I found, though, is that uh, Christian marriages, you know, we talked about just now how most marriages end or half of marriages end in divorce. Um, but Christian marriages, honestly, are significantly lower when it comes to divorce rates. They're about 38 or so, depending on who you talk to, about 38% divorce rate, which is still high, obviously. You know, we don't want uh, any divorce because the word says that God hates divorce. Um, but, you know, don't don't be fooled. Christian marriages are different than worldly marriages. And, um, you know, there there's so many reasons to get married, and there's so many reasons, honestly, that people give uh, to get divorced. And, you know, one of the things that we want to talk about in this episode really is how we were able to stay together. I mean, it's easy. It seems like it's so easy, honestly, for people to get divorced. You know, like everybody loves to get married. They love to party. The wedding. Right, the wedding. You know, that's the big thing, right? But, you know, when you talk about marriage and really the kind of nitty-gritty when it comes to marriage, people don't really, you know, unless you're in it, unless you've been through it, you don't really have any idea what you're into and what you're in for. So really going to talk about really how we were able to survive our marriage was able to survive through all these different things, um, kind of starting off at the beginning. So I know for me, you know, we obviously um, were together in, in 08 and um, I lost my job and, 
you know, we had so much stuff planned for that, right? Like we were- Just got engaged. Yeah, I mean, we just got engaged and we were saving up money and we had this dream wedding kind of planned out, right? And lo and behold, you know, I get I get fired from my job and all of a sudden now, you know, those plans go out the door, you know, because, you know, now we got to use the money that we use, that we saved up, you know, for our wedding. Yeah, use that just to buy groceries, just to live, just to do all these different things. So, you know, that was that was something to begin with. And, you know, kind of want to take take them through that whole ordeal because, you know, that wasn't easy, right? I mean, you talk about you know a young couple. You know, we're in our you know early mid twenties. You know, going through this thing, and we're trying to you know get married, and you know you have this wrench thrown in there, and then you get you know, outside voices. I think that's one of the things that really is a challenge for a lot of people. But before you even go into the outside voices, I do want to mention just the hit that it took on you as a man in your self-esteem. Sure. Because not only does it hurt to be fired from a job that you just knew you were doing well in, Mm -hmm. you won Territory Sales Manager of the Year Mm -hmm. not that long before, but... The job market at that time was so hard, it obviously added more crushing feelings on top of being let go, not being able to find a job kind of immediately after. Yeah. You know, I mean, it hurts your self-esteem. It does. It does. Because, you know, especially because you think you're good. You think, you know, like you get fired, right? And it's like, I didn't have anything that I was doing wrong or anything like that. I mean, it was just, I felt like I was a good candidate, right? I just happened to kind of get fired at the wrong time. You know, this was 08. This was right before the, the the bubble bursting with the housing market and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm looking for these jobs that's going to give us, you know, a very similar life, lifestyle that we had before. And I couldn't find anything, you know, because at the beginning, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with being fired because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get something else. You know, I got some severance paying and all that kind of stuff working for me. And so it's like, yeah, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be okay. But then, you know, one month goes to two months, and all of a sudden now that severance is gone. And then two months goes into four months, and all of a sudden now you're thinking like, man, okay, I got to get something, you know. And that's when I went into, you know, doing insurance, and, you know, the it was a litany of of, of other jobs I, was, I had to do. But nothing was going to match. Nothing matched what I was making at the time. And so it definitely did, you know, hurt. Um, and, and sometimes... You know, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I didn't feel like myself. Sometimes I felt less than. Um, and when you feel less than, when you feel hurt like that, you know, that can have a major toil, you know, on your, on your marriage. Because, you know, because now all of a sudden now you have a partner who is not feeling, feeling themselves. And, you know, I don't, I'm sure I'm not the most pleasant person to live with because I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm hurt and still angry at, you know, being fired in the first place, all that kind of stuff. You know, on top of having huge money that we had, you know, saved up, you know, to live off of. I'm thinking we're going to use all this money, you know, to to have a wedding, you know? Yeah, we really were pushing to get married, and we were hearing all kinds of suggestions and everything, but that's another episode. (laughs) But, you know, God is good in the midst of all of that. You know, he had a plan. We just didn't know what that plan was. Yeah, yeah. So um, just kind of going briefly into it, though, I mean, because this was this was a major um, reason why we were able to really stay together, you know. So I want to briefly kind of go over, you know, how we got married in the first place. Um, and so, 
at the time I was working for an insurance company uh, and this commercial came on on the radio, which was strange in itself because we never listened to the radio at home. But for whatever reason, we listened to the radio and it was a commercial for a, uh, a dream wedding that somebody was sponsoring. And both of us kind of I think, looked at each other like, okay, yeah, like let's, let's, let's go for that thing. And so we, we, we um, kind of went through all the whole process and see, you know, what you needed. And he needed like um, some statements on why we want to get married, how we met, we needed some pictures, all that kind of stuff. And so we put the packet together. And I remember this, we put the packet together. We, we prayed for it, right? We prayed over it. And little did I know, while I was getting my certification, my licensure, you know, for insurance, um, the radio station that I had to turn the packet in was literally next door to where I was getting my certification. I was like, man, that's if that's not a good sign, I don't know what is. And so I think it was like a Monday or something like that. And um, you know, I go and I turn it in and I didn't I didn't know, you know, what the circumstances were, but later did later we found out I was the first packet that was turned in. And um this was like a Monday, right? And we're supposed to know um who the winners are, the runner ups or you know, some, some people, the finalists, I guess, supposed to know that by Friday or Saturday, one or two. And, um, and so, you know, we're just patiently waiting, we're praying, we're doing all this kind of stuff. I get a call um, from the sponsors on Friday and they kind of like tell me, yeah, you know, this is such and such. And, you know, we're with the um, dream wedding and we kind of want to ask you some questions and all that kind of stuff. And so they ask me questions, you know, about, you know, if we won, will we be ready to get married? All that kind of good stuff. Right. Now, I'm not thinking this whole time that this is the call, right, that they're supposed to let me know. And I'm supposed to show up, you know, the next day or, or that Sunday um, to claim a prize. I didn't know that. They didn't say anything. And so we go the next day after that, Saturday, you know, waiting for a phone call. The phone call never comes. Right. Never comes. And, you know, we're waiting. We got up in the morning, waited all day long for this phone call that never came. And you know, needless to say, we were dejected. You know, we were upset. We were crying. You know, but we woke up that next day, that Sunday morning, and said, you know what, but God. You know, I said, God must have something better for us. You know, like, we thought this was it. This is the way that we are going to get married, but apparently it's not. So God must got something better for us. And so we go out, we, we praise him. We're going through our whole thing on Sundays and everything. Then we get this call, you know, early in the afternoon, I would say like maybe three or so, I don't know, three, four, whatever, about, hey, you know, are you guys there to claim it? And it was like, wait, what are you talking about? And little did we know, we, we were finalists there. And so long story short, we had to just hightail it onto the, the venue. They were, they were um, you know, doing the, well, the, the hosting, hosting ceremony. Hosting the ceremony. And um, we go there, we get there right on time, and lo and behold, we're the winners. And they told us we were the winners. We had to get there, you know, and we- We had to be present in order to claim the prize. Right. Because if we weren't present, it would have gone to the, to the, the next person up. Right. Because so. they were already there. They were, I'm sure, hoping, hoping that we got stuck in traffic or something like that. But, you know, God did it. And we won a dream wedding. And uh, we got married when we didn't have any other way. And so, you know, praise God for that. And that honestly was one of the key things that happened in our marriage to give us faith that this was a God-ordained thing. Yes. Now, fast forward a few years, about three years, and we have gone through foreclosure. We've gone through evictions. And now we are living in our car. 
when you're homeless. And so try to wrap your mind around going from this euphoria of winning this wedding to all of a sudden now you're homeless. And we were homeless for, you know, a, a few days or a few weeks or whatever. We were homeless for three and a half years. Three and a half years. And so I kind of want to get, first of all, I want to kind of get your take on, you know, especially as a female, you know, being married and all that stuff. Like, how how did you feel, you know, during this whole time in terms of, like, how you view our situation, how you viewed me, you know, what was going through your mind when I'm supposed to be the one taking care of you and we're homeless? Well, I mean, the beautiful thing about, you know, our our wilderness season was the fact that God prepared us for it. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing about what we went through that I would say caught me by surprise. Like as much as I tried to fight and resist and as much as we together tried to do things to avoid it, there was no avoiding it because it was a God-ordained thing. There was literally nothing that we could do. So it wasn't as difficult to stick with you because God had ordained that. He It was prophesied. He, He made it clear that together we were going to go through some things, but we're going to get through it together. So with God making that so abundantly clear, it really, really always brought, I was always able to come back to his word. And throughout the season of wilderness, there are so many times where people were encouraging us to split up. Mm -hmm. We're trying to put things in my head and your head about, well, maybe you guys shouldn't be together. Maybe this isn't a great fit, but you know, that trust and faith in God is what kept me and just my love for you. You know, I, I knew that none of this was either of our fault. So there was no blaming, you know, not in our spiritual minds. I think when we tapped into our flesh, we did try to play the game game sometimes. Mm -hmm. But as long as we were thinking and seeing things through our spiritual lenses, we were always able to keep the right perspective about the hardships that we were encountering and just walking through. And I always believed and knew that if we kind of stuck together, if we continued to keep our eyes focused on God together, I held on to his promise that we will get through it. Yeah. So there was never a question or a matter of divorcing or leaving you. Never. A doubt in my mind. Because we were on a mission and we were walking in obedience to the Holy Spirit. And there was a peace that came along with that mm-hmm. for me. And I think, too, I mean, that's a good segue into, you know, what kept both of us. And that was, you know, we will always go back to the word, you know, because we almost didn't have any other choice. You know, we were we were in the car. We were studying and God had prepared us for this. But, you know, we were still studying and, and really being prompted by the Holy Spirit and just really, you know, urged to to get in the Word and stay in the Word. And, you know, the one thing that always came back to, it was three words. It was faith, hope, and love. And, you know, you take that from 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says, now, you know, so now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And so, you know, the thing that really helped us during this whole time was really understanding what faith, hope, and love stood for and what that meant for our our marriage and, and really getting through this whole thing. And so that first thing, faith, 
it was really faith in God to see us through anything, right? In each other, that we would stay together, and the faith in the word that it was, you know, it was true and reliable because we had to. I mean, had to figure out like yeah, everything, everything, everything we were going through. I mean, again, God had been downloading so much into us even before this whole homeless time. And we had to always go back to it, go back to it. Because, again, like the world and the circumstances are going to tell you one thing, but the, you know, but the word, the word is always true. And so we always are able to go back to the word, know that um, everything that we're reading was true and that we would get through this thing. Yes. We would get through it. And so that, that was our faith in God. And, you know, the second part of it was hope, you know, hope in a better life, um, life that we wanted. When we, when we decided that we wanted to follow Christ, because a lot of this stuff started when we made that decision. You know, we said we want to live a certain life. We'll live a better life in you, God. You know, take us to that point. And so the hope that we had was knowing that, okay, God, your word is true. And because your word is true, we're going to hope for that, for that, um, you know, that next life. We're going to hope for that better life. You know, we're talking about, you know, what is, what is faith? You know, what is, what is that? You know, being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't see, right? And so our hope was the one that we really hold held on to, knowing that we would get to get to that better life. Yeah, and I want to add on to the point just briefly about hope, because after we came out of our wilderness season, you know, when you were facing your near-death experience, mm -hmm. literally lying on your deathbed, doctors telling me that you weren't going to make it, it was hope that really brought me through that and a trust in God's promise because all of that stuff just built up and it, it built up a strength in me mm -hmm. that really just believed, you know, that, nah, you know, we're going to be together. We still had so much more life to live. Mm -hmm. And even beyond that, no matter what, you know, I'm going to stick beside him. No matter what the outcome was with all the scares in your health and they're telling me that you're not going to be your yourself after you know you might be in a vegetative state I was ready to do whatever I needed to do to, to take care of you and stick beside you mm -hmm. and honestly I mean that goes back to well the, the third part and all that is, is love you know and it's not the and I think that's the key when it comes to staying together when it comes to being in that true committed marriage is love and it's not the love that you see on TV it's not the love that you here in the world, it's a love, it's a godly love. It's that agape love. It's that love that I'm willing to lay down my life for you and you're willing to lay down your life for me type love. It's that unselfish, that humble love that we had to have for each other, but we couldn't have that without God. You know, so we had to love God first before we even loved each other. Yes. So yeah, that kind of leads us to our, our last point though, because during that time, whether it be homelessness or coming out of homelessness and you know, into. going going into it, going through it, coming okay. out of it, the health scares, like all these different things. Honestly, one of the best things that we could have had that we really didn't have was somebody to kind of like reach out to, someone that could help us and walk with us. You know, we didn't necessarily need a person that's going to like come through and like save us, so to speak. But we would have we would have loved to have someone that we could reach out to and just talk, right? Mediate some things. Mediate some there are times when we were at odds, you know, sometimes our perspectives, even about our season that God had revealed to us, they didn't match all the time because sometimes we would lose perspective. You mm -hmm. literally get lost, mm -hmm. you know, but there, 
like A said, there is many times where we could have really used a true Christian mediator. Yeah. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why we, we do what we do now, you know, and with our coaching business, right? Like we have, um, you know, several services that we that we help uh, couples with. But, you know, one of the biggest things that we have is couples mediator. You know, we have that, you know, to where if couples, you know, not going to therapy, whatever, but just really, you know, needing someone that's going to be there to mediate and really help you get through this trying time. So we just want to kind of offer that to you all and just understanding that, you know, you're not going through this alone. So, you know, as we wrap up this whole thing, we just want to thank you for, you know, joining us in this conversation about love and marriage. You know, anyway, sorry, my voice is crazy right now. Um, but our hope is is that our story really resonates with you in some way, whether you face similar challenges or honestly just simply want to strengthen your own relationship. So as we wrap up, let me kind of encourage you all to, one, seek support. Seek support when you're facing challenges in your relationship or your marriage. Honestly, our, our coaching services can provide the guidance you may need to navigate that unique relationship situation. Like, for example, if you find that you are stuck in the heat of the moment due to a disagreement, an argument, whatever, we offer, we offer a couple's referee sessions, you know, where we provide a safe and neutral space to express your feelings. Neutral. Neutral space, right. We're not in, sitting here having taken one person's side or another, whatever. We are neutral parties in all this. And we give you that safe space, honestly, to express your feelings and to really receive prayerful guidance and how to move forward. Yeah, because right? we know what it's like to get stuck in yeah. those feelings. And trust me, again, we've been together almost 15 years. Trust me, we've had our disagreements or two. So we understand exactly what you're going through. And again, that's why we're offering these services. We also encourage you to take some time to reflect on the role of faith, hope, and love in your relationships and really how these godly virtues really strengthen and sustain your connection. So remember, guys, while we've shared our own journey, like everybody's relationship situation is unique and there is no one size fits all solution. What has kept us together is holding on to 1 Corinthians 13. And like A said, now faith, hope, and love abide. But the greatest of those is always going to be love. Mm -hmm. Always, y'all. And God is love. <laughs> so that's my last two cents. A, please close us out. Okay, so as we usually do, my my moment, you know, that I want to share what God has put on my heart for everyone is, you know, why did I get married? All right, this is a question that many people have and do ask themselves, especially when things in your relationship are not going smoothly. Truth is, many people say they get married for love, but I mean, honestly, what is love? First Corinthians 13 uh, tells us that love is patient, love is kind, it is not envy, it is not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily anger, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So if love never fails, why do people get divorced? Maybe it's because we don't operate in love in our marriages. Real talk. Maybe we look to be loved and not give love. Maybe our version of love has nothing to do with the unfailing love that is represented in the Bible. So my wife and I, we didn't stay together in the wilderness or even now, for that matter, because we love each other without God. We stayed together because we love each other with God. 
See, the world will tell you that the divorce rates among Christian marriages are no different from the world. However, a closer look will tell you that divorce rates in Christian marriages, marriages that are practicing their Christian beliefs and are actively going to church, are much, much lower, around 20 to 30 percent. So if the divorce rates for practicing Christian marriages are lower, why not make God the center of your marriage? If you want your marriage to have a greater success rate, make sure God is in the middle. Being a Christian marriage, in a Christian marriage, doesn't guarantee success by no stretch of imagination. But if we're going to place a bet, which a lot of people do nowadays, I think I might want to go for what gives me the highest rate of success. Yes. So in that, I just want to close down in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the institution of marriage. Father God, we understand and know that from the beginning of time, from from Adam, Lord God, you chose Eve for him out of his rib. That, Lord God, we you said yourself that it is not right for man to be alone. And we just praise you, Lord God, that marriage is such an institution, Lord, that has been um, such a blessing, Lord, to us. Father God, we know that it's not easy. It's not easy bringing two different people together, Lord God, to, to live a life, Lord, that you called them to live. But Lord, in all that, there are so many advantages for it, and we just praise you and thank you for it. We just pray, Lord God, that all those who are under the sound of my voice that are maybe even thinking about divorce, Father God, that they turn to you. That they turn to you, Lord God, in love, in love for you, in love for each other. We pray, Father God, that you will help this, this world, Lord, understand that divorce is not something that's, that should be taken lightly. That, Lord God, divorce is, is, is breaking a covenant with you, Lord God, that people made. And so we just pray, Lord God, that as we walk our marriage out, Father, that we can be inspiration for others. We pray, Lord God, that you strengthen all marriages, Father God, and allow all of us, Lord, to see the true love that you have for all of us. We praise you, Lord God, for everything you've done and continue to do for all of us. In the name of Son, Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, and thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, peace. peace.